War II, an elite U.S. commando team was placed in cryogenic suspension as an emergency contingency plan. The horrific release of Agent Cunning, an unsuspecting population, prompted their revival. These four MMO experts, modified by super science, have dedicated themselves to providing insightful, humorous commentary in the hopes of preventing future catastrophes of the Age of Conan Magnetic. If you're playing or making a crappy MMO, and if you can find them on iTunes, you can listen to the M Team. Listen to this, gentlemen. The sun will shine Take me to another place in my life Hi there listeners, welcome to Channel Massive episode 126 I'm Noah, and my good friend joining me in this show, as always, is Mark Hello, I am Mark, I am Noah's co-host We are so happy to be recording this show for you tonight Indeed we are On March 18th, we're starting a little bit late but we love you too much to deny, to to put this responsibility aside. Yes. We have an obligation to bring you a fantastic podcast, and we have all of our notes prepared, and we are going to do just that. What I'd like to also do is take a moment to thank our wonderful listeners who have stayed with us from beginning to now, and hopefully will be with us up until episode 500 and 1,000. And I love that they've given us so much great constructive feedback to work with. Definitely. And how to make our show even better than it ever has been before. Last week's was especially relevant, I think. Yes, it definitely was. And it was sad that we weren't able to have Mark in the show last week, but we hope that you did like the extra hosts that we pulled in. Definitely. Uh, all through, for the last few weeks, Mark and I have been planning this episode with... So many good vibes and just so many great ideas. Lots of Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's just great. We can't wait to share it with you. We're going to be talking about what we've been playing because we have been playing some games that we love. We love them. Oh, they're, they're so wonderful. great. Oh, yes. During indeed. the last few weeks, and we've really been wanting to talk to each other about that and let you guys know the latest games that are just pulling our heartstrings. Absolutely wonderful games. We do have a couple very great pieces of email for... Our Mailbag. Yes. And even though Jason's not here, and we do wish he were, he is here in spirit. Oh, via I an think email so. response. Yes, he has written a response to an email for us to convey to you, the listeners, and we will read it uh, in true Jason form. Yeah. Should be good. Yeah, you're really going to like it a lot. And then we also have some MMO news, some general gaming news, and some weird news to go through. Definitely. It's going to be a great, well-rounded podcast episode, and we hope you like it. If you want to tell us what you think about this episode, you can go back to our reborn Twitter, twitter.com slash channel massive, or you can send us feedback to mail, M-A-I-L, at channelmassive.com. Yes. We can't wait to hear from you, but let's get started on the show. Oh, absolutely. But first, let's play some really cool uh, segue music. Oh, that sounds great. Something to get our listeners even more into the mood. Right on. Teachers that taught me went cool. I can't complain. 
So, Noah, good friend. Yes. What have you been playing? Well, I'm glad you asked, Mark, because I have a couple gaming stories and actually a couple indirect gaming stories to tell oh. you. So, in my direct gaming stories, I've been playing only two games, unfortunately, for the last couple of weeks, but I'm j- I am happy that I've had some games to play. Oh, yeah. I've been playing Crime Scene on the DS, which is a forensics-based crime investigation. It's kind of like a CSI adventure game. Oh, that's and cool. And it's set overseas, and you know that because favorite spelled with a U and color spelled with a U. <laughs> and distances aren't given in feet, but they're given in meters, which is a little bit tough for me to understand. But it's an opportunity for me to get more familiar with the international system that the world uses and that the United States still does not. Except for NASA, half the time. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> half the time at least, if not more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the game actually has some very challenging controls and it tends to be unresponsive and not work very well. But again, it's just a test of my gamer skills and I really uh-huh. like that I have the chance to just try to push that boulder up the hill and get over the hump and see what great story that the game has. Oh yeah. Much like that guy in hell. Yes, That's a lot awesome. like that. That's a true test. Like Sisyphus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other game I've been playing has been on the PC, League of Legends, which of course you know, Mark, because we've gotten many matches in. Oh no, I've never heard of this. Oh wait, yes. I- <laughs> <laughs> and That's right. One thing that I have to say about it is that it just feels great to be playing on the PC again regularly because it's been a long time since I have. Oh yeah. And there are so many games that I would love to play. There's so many new games that have come out such as Dante's Inferno and Bayonetta. I'd love to play Mass Effect and Bioshock, and there's some games that I've had a while on my Wii, but right now, League of Legends is satisfying all the gaming needs that I could want. You know what it does to me is, I'm like, okay, I've got this time now to play, and you know, maybe I should start out with some Allods Online or some Star Trek Online or Champions Online yeah. or, you know, I have a WoW thing I want to try. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try that. But I'm like, but first, I'll do a League of Legends match. <laughs> and that <laughs> five or so matches later, I'm like, yeah. I've done it again. <laughs> it's just amazing. I'm so glad that I got back into the game because I hadn't played it since. Oh, yeah. Not since the uh, the beta. I guess it was the yeah. beta trial. And now every time I see a new update on a new hero, I get all excited and yeah. I have to go check out the press release and look at the screenshots and see what the abilities are and think, am I going to play as that? And I've been researching my current favorite character, which is Pantheon, who's a oh, yeah. Spartan warrior, kind of like out of 300, and he has a lot of great moves. And The Skyfall thing is my favorite. Oh, it's, it's awesome. I love that. <laughs> and just when you get all of his items bought at the store he you your your favorite character mine both we purchase items that speed up our attacks oh yeah you when you that's one thing that tear our friend tara has been sure if she'd be able to get into it because you have to start from scratch every time you start a game right right you have an overall overall skill building experience building for your profile that you can use to subtly benefit your heroes that you play in the game but every new game you start from scratch right it's tabula rasa it is. It is. But it's so cool to start from that point where you're just really slow, you don't have all your abilities, and then you just become this total kick-butt machine at the end. Right, right. Yeah, dealing oh. death. And it's just it's just so much fun. And don't get me wrong, I have my fair share of losses in that game. It's probably a 40-60 win-loss ratio, <laughs> maybe 30-70, but I still keep coming back for it because it's just so much fun. Oh, yeah. And now that we're 
a bunch of us are playing on, you know, with Skype and coordinating things now with Eric and you and me and Phil. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool to, you know, we get one more steady player for our group, like maybe Terror or somebody. And we'll yeah, be, we'll have a five-person team. We can just roll in there. Yeah. Get with, all on Skype. With our assigned roles and know what we're doing. And then we'll yeah. start to, like, learn, you know, as a team, you know, we'll learn Versus teamwork. the unpredictable nature that we yeah. have sometimes with the folks we get married. Because once we get with. to where we can, like, kind of guess where where one another is going to go or what we're going to, you what know. What our just, habits are and our routines. That, that's yeah. when we start to just take it to another level you know and we so. did fight a team like that once and that was horrible yeah <laughs> was that not, wasn't fun it was not so fun <laughs> not fun to be in the receiving nothing end of i that. do is working <laughs> but listeners I, I don't know if there's any of you out there that are all that are also playing league of legends or heroes of new earth but if you are playing league of legends feel free to add me to your friend list my account name is akindor a-k-i-n-d-o-r and you can add me on whether I'm signed on or not. And usually when I play, and usually when Mark plays, it's pretty late at night. It's not until about after 10 p.m. Mountain Time. Yeah. And if you're, um, if you can look for me too, I'm either Bane, spelled B-H-A-N-E, or Zulin, X-U-L-I-N. I play with Zulin so that Noah and I don't get matched up with level 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that because... I think I've come a ways oh, since yeah. I first started. I'm a lot more confident, and I've got my strategies down, and I'm not scared of going into the grass and finding another hero there. Yeah, <laughs> we live in the grass. The grass is ours, and Yeah, fact, we kick know. them out. Yeah, we, we evict them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to Florida a couple weeks weekends ago for a mini vacation, and I didn't play any games while I was out there. I think I brought Crime Scene with me, but my DS ran out of juice, so I couldn't play it. But I went to the Renaissance Festival out there, as some of you may know, some of my friends that I've talked with since then. And it's the strangest thing, but whenever I go to the Renaissance Festival, that's the only time that I have a craving to play World of Warcraft, because there's not a better match between a video game and an event than the Renaissance Festival and World of Warcraft. Yeah, I could see that. But it's just like there, and I'm like, maybe... I wish I could just go home right now and play a night elf or a, a blood elf or something. I think you just want to recreate that night in the cigarette hot tub. Yes. When we got chased out by the... <laughs> so nostalgic <laughs> for those skinny dippy memories. <laughs> but the other weird thing, even just as recently as a couple of days ago, I was thinking about Warhammer Online again. I thought about it too, and Conan as well. It's just weird how those games that you really liked... Yeah. They still come back, and you, it's just like, I want, I wish it's, I could go back to those. It's nostalgia, you know? Yeah. It's weird. I But I, I, I don't think I would mind jumping into another scenario if I didn't have to pay 15 bucks right off the bat. Resubscribe. I can only subscribe to so many MMOs at once, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird being... Um, I'm only... I'm not subscribed to any MMO right now. Wow, not even Star Trek? No, I just paid for it, but I didn't, I didn't subscribe. Oh, that's right. That's right. So I got like two months free, but, um, and then Champions Online, I have the lifetime membership, so. That's true. Um, and then Warcraft, I've just, I hung it up for a while, so. Well, you always have Cataclysm to come back to. Yeah. That'll be a great time to get involved in the game again. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they've done to the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait just to see the screenshots. I know that even though I don't know the world that well. Yeah. I'm def, I definitely have an appreciation for it, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I'm not quite as... I'm not sure how I feel about the goblin race. Yeah, is that what I, they are? I, yeah. 
The werewolf people are kind of cool. The worgen are really yeah. cool. I mean, that's that's a dream for me. So that's I'll be starting a level one worgen druid, and playing all through it and going to all the zones that are totally transformed. Like a lush verdant desolus will be, you know, mind blowing. So. It'll be really interesting to see if you'll have new favorites and new major yeah. disliked places. Yeah, I know that could be really interesting. It's like all of a sudden I'll. I'll hate one of my favorite zones and love one I hated, you know, but yeah. <laughs> you never know. So those are all my, my stories and asides. What have, what else have you been playing? And if you want to talk about League of Legends. Well, since, know. since I talked over half of, half of yours, <laughs> I, I, um, I haven't been playing any MMOs. I've been, um, I've just had a lot going on personally. So mm-hmm. I've only had, uh, just little bits of time here and there, and so, or yeah. at least that's what I would perceive. And then, you know, five hours later, I'd realize I was playing a game. But <laughs> mostly, I've just been playing the the League of Legends um, matches. I know what you mean, though. I, last night, I think it was about twelve ten. We played one game. We blasted through it. We won. Yeah, like almost in a humiliating fact defeat against. It was the other humiliating team. for the other team. <laughs> they didn't even surrender. I don't know if they knew how. I would have surrendered. If yeah, I, were I don't in think position. they knew. Well, yeah. I mean, they only had they had six minutes. They could have surrendered in after the twenty five. Was, was up. there only two people left by the time? Yeah, <laughs> they were all qu- rage quitting. And <sighs> it was great. Uh, and then we played the other one, and it didn't go so well. Yeah, well, <laughs> you're like, hey, let's forever. play another game. And I'm like, yeah, sure, maybe it'll be another 30-minute game. And I didn't realize until we were putting our surrender vote forth. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we've been playing for 51 minutes, and it's already one thirty in the morning. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. Yeah. No, I, I, I felt the same way. I was just like, wow, that was like the proverbial three-hour tour. You know, I just kept going and going and going. And I had hope, too, you know. I was like, well, we're not that we far behind. We were pretty evenly matched. But, you know, finally at the end we just had a turn of events that yeah. kind of, you know, um, left us no no options. But, Tipped against us. But I've been feeling kind of guilty, you know, that I, I, I'm a you know, co-host for an MMO podcast and or a gaming podcast and I'm only playing one game and so uh, I vow to have some other experience to relay next week besides League of Legends. I won't say there won't be any League of Legends in my my play uh play history, but I probably won't talk about it next week. I'll probably have something else to talk about. I'm thinking of diving into Star Trek online now and um, Well, you know, I've actually heard that that Farmville game on Facebook is actually a lot of fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that sounds really exciting. Do tell. You know what's interesting is that my mom retired from her job, and she'd never been into Facebook or Twitter. She'd only heard about it from random things that I'd mentioned about what's going on at my job, because I'd have to get involved in Facebook and Twitter for those, oh, right. for, for my work. And she decided to check it out in her new age of retirement. And sure enough, people from her high school that she hadn't talked to in decades are wow. popping up. and. <laughs> all sorts of interesting stuff and i and she's a she's a hard well i don't know if i'd call her a hardcore gamer but she's a major gamer she plays in the pc she has her own 360 she's got wii and she plays wii games as well i never thought that she'd get into farmville but she has because one of her old co-workers is a good friend says oh play farmville with me it's so much fun oh wow and now my mom has spent s- some more time in it than i thought of. i thought she would have quit after a while but she's still involved in it so if that's any indication, you could just as easily be really enwrapped by that game. I could imagine myself making a corn maze. 
<laughs> that would be really cool. Taking care of all the lonely I, pink cows. I would take care of my, my, my love of tower defense. I would just make corn mazes that nothing ever would try to traverse. You know? <laughs> I'd be like, look at this elaborate maze. And then like in the middle, I'd have a well. And I'd be like, that's my water tower there. That'll slow him down. And then I'd, you know, I'd have like little Timmy with his firecrackers as my like area of effect tower. Yeah, That's right. And tower defense in the Warcraft it was the water tower that was a slower yeah it it? was like the the water element yeah yeah I missed that game me too you know we've seen we've seen like you know with with League of Legends and Heroes of New Earth they've taken one of the mods from Warcraft 3 and you know really done right by it it'd be great if somebody would get really like commercialize a uh, like a cool co-op co-op tower defense game well you know speaking of Xbox Live Arcade, a game called Toy Soldiers just came out, and I had no idea it was a tower defense game, but it oh. has both cooperative and competitive multiplayer modes. Really? Oh, I'll have to check that and out. And it's got this really cool aesthetic. It's this toy box that opens up, and you're playing with the little yellow and green army men and stuff, but oh, they yeah. have... Uh, it's weird. The actual battlefield looks like it's real Earth, real World War One terrain. Oh, wow. And the the tanks and the cannons and everything they look real when i first saw them like this just looks like some weird strategy game but it's actually a tower defense game oh wow and you have the regular mode where you can play through standard style tower defense games but there's also cooperative and competitive multiplayer dang i'll have to check that out yeah yeah and and that's just an xbox live game yeah you can you can download a free demo just to check it out check it out yeah that sounds awesome yeah um that's all i have to report on my gaming news not much else i promise next week to have something Hey, Something what's important is different. that you actually have time to game because there's been episodes in the past where yeah we've had nothing where it's like <laughs> I I've heard about gaming but yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm looking forward to a better next week and a better right. tomorrow yes I happy agree. L- happy For life a mailbag we have an exchange between yes. one of our listeners uh, let's get into our speaking one of warm stories let's get into our mailbag we've been oh, saving this email for, for sure. this episode yeah. because we feel that it all thematically ties in together. Yeah. And Mark and I wanted to be able to respond to it directly because it really, it's not directed so much at Ter or Eric. It's more written for Mark, Jason, and I. And more for Jason than yeah, Noah po- and I. Yeah, potentially more. Yeah. Listeners, let us know what you think. Here's, here's what the first email is from Mike. Love, strike that, used to love the podcast. Got approximately 40 minutes into episode 123 and quit listening. Quite Just, listening. Quite, quite <laughs> listening. Quite listing, actually. Just sounds like three guys who hate all video games. Do you like any games? Any? I've been a long-time listener, however, thinking about dropping from my iTunes list. In the 40 minutes of number 123, all I got was how WoW is still lame, Star Trek Online is uh, and as microtransactions... OMG, microtransactions. Dragon Age was too much reading. Well, guess as a listener who plays WoW, Star Trek Online, and Dragon Age, you just don't float my boat anymore. Please find something you enjoy and share it, or have a segment called What We Hate at the End, so I know when to stop listening. I don't have any more room for jaded haters in my podcast lineup. Mike. And that's what Mike had to say. Yeah. Uh I I didn't remember episode 123 as being that negative personally. Um occasionally I I think uh we all kind of 
have a cynical take on things like microtransactions and some of the efforts to whore out games. I mean, to com- to <laughs> take advantage <laughs> of of uh, you know ways to make money with games. But um, I can't imagine personally myself saying that WoW is lame in any way, shape, or form, or that Star Trek Online is aw. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Age, I haven't played enough personally to have an I opinion other than I was blown yeah. away by the first hour or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. I just haven't had a chance to dedicate myself to it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. What are your thoughts? Because we're going to bring because Jason wrote a response, but we'll we'll bring that up. Jason at the does end. have a response, an official response. For me, I think that Channel Massive has always had a very specific tone and style to its material. A bit sarcastic, a bit dry, and that's part of our personalities that's and our, our charm. Yeah, that's what distinguishes us <laughs> from other podcasts. And perhaps there are other podcasts or people out there who blog or whatever that are jaded, but I believe usually we make jokes and sometimes we make the same jokes. What was going on at minute 40 listeners if in case you don't have a photographic memory <laughs> is we were talking about an eastern developed MMO that seemed a lot like every other eastern MMO, which is if you've been a long-time listener a standard joke for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's much. what we were going through. And I think we've gone on and on and on about all types of games that we like on consoles, handhelds, PC games. And I think Mike might've been having a bad day. I think so. It's possible. Unless just, he just really wanted to come to the defense of Silk Road and thinks that it's the like epitome <laughs> of all all game design. <laughs> Perhaps he does. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I listened to 123 and I didn't get that vibe, but Perhaps I'm biased because I'm on the show. And you're a jaded, snarky son of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so shall you read the Jason response, or shall I read? Who would like to do it? I don't know. I've had more to drink than you, so maybe I should do it. All right. Because that would it. be closer to the tone. Yes, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to slur the words sufficiently. <laughs> but I will I will give it my best bet and I'll try to burp a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so in response to, to Mike's um very earnest email, we have Jason's response from far out in left field. I say that because he's not with us this evening. Not because he's crazy and out in left field or anything like that. Just a don't want to dwell on that too much. No, just <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> here's Jason's response, dearest Mikey. Yup, you've pegged us correctly. We hate everything. There is no room in our lives for happiness in video gaming. These games are like cruel, like a cruel mistress who beats us every day. She dogs us at every turn and makes our already miserable lives a living hell in which there is no escape. Curse you, video games. Curse you! Seriously, though, I think you're full of shit. If you've listened to Channel Massive for an any extended period of time, you'd know that we don't hate World of Warcraft, Star Trek Online, or Dragon Age Origins. Did you listen to the podcast review of Dragon Age? I doubt it. I gave it a decent review. Was it perfect for me? Hardly, but I surely didn't hate it. Star Trek? Personally, I haven't played it enough to give a proper opinion of it. I don't think Noah or Mark have either. 
And if you've really been listening, then you know that Mark has a lifetime subscription subscription and the collector's edition. Yep, that sounds like hate to me, cough. Pfft. Just because we bagged Cryptic and how they handle microtransaction doesn't mean we hate it. Grow the fuck up. Oh yeah, you probably skipped the part when I talked about Mass Effect 2 and Bioshock. If you'd really listened, which you obviously didn't, I poured my game-loving jizz, <laughs> geek jizz all over them. <laughs> I forgot about that part of the email. <laughs> Back to Jason's response. It seems to me like you're confusing criticism with hate, and your ears only perk up if you hear anything bad being said about games that you love. If that's the case, you better either grow a thick skin or stick to the kiddie pool with the other podcasts who blow smoke up your ass about every video game they play without any criticism whatsoever. Hugs and kisses, Jason. Well, I I think that was, you know, I think Jason could have been a little bit more forceful. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was kind of weak, you know. I mean, he could have could have said what he was thinking instead of sugar he played coating it a it. little close to the chest there. yeah i think so a little bit of sugar coating but i did think that there were some inspirational moments in these emails that you have two grown men really in touch with their emotions and starting to bear how they really feel Which, for everybody on the internet and sharing their emotions i mean i could almost feel the tears welling up in their eyes as they were typing these messages back and forth to each other their unrequited love yes well, because you know, anger is only just a disguise for something else. I think so. Well, you know, love and hate are, you know, it's a fine line it's between the two. It's a very fine Evoke line. strong emotions. And we here at Channel Massive are really happy to help yeah. these adults get more in touch with their emotions and express them. And jizz was mentioned, so. <laughs> it was. You know? <laughs> it was almost climactic. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Did build to a climax before the whole kiddie pool comment, so. Um, <laughs> We'll just, uh, you know, they have each other's emails now. And, uh, yeah. you know, if things, as things develop, we'll we'll keep you in touch. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for your, your contributions. If, yeah, if, and if you want to have some more exchanges on our mailbag, we, we would love to include we'd, them. We'd love to, you know, just become a forum for your... Yeah, we're here to facilitate connections. Yeah, we're like the e-harmony of crazy negative gaming mixed with yeah. positivity yeah we have a very we have a patent pending process we do where we match up two people based on <laughs> the likes and dislikes <laughs> okay mail at channelmassive.com if you dare <laughs> or twitter.com slash channelmassive if anyone had any opinions about that exchange in all seriousness uh, you know feel free to let us have it We'd yeah. love to hear about it. Yeah. All feedback is good feedback. That's right. The only bad feedback is no feedback. That's right. Hello, boys and girls. This is your old pal, Stinky Wizzleteeth. This is a song about a whale. No! This is a song about being happy. That's right. It's the Happy Happy Joy Joy song. And now for the news segment of the show, where we talk about massively multiplayer online role-playing games. One of our favorite genres. Yes, despite myths and... 
rumors to the otherwise. Yeah, we really do like them. Yeah. By God. Especially WoW and Star Trek Online. Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't forget Champions. And Champions Online, too. And City of Heroes and Warhammer Online. We did enjoy Warhammer Online. Age we enjoyed Age of Conan. Conan. Mm-hmm. And we're looking forward to, let's see, APB and... Oh, um... What's that one coming for all the... Uh, the DC, Secret World. Secret World especially. DC mm-hmm. Universe. DC Universe. Um, Jumpgate Evolution yep. for me. Uh, local folks here in Denver. Yep, yeah. That's right. Well, anyway, let's get started with the news. The first thing we have on on uh, on our, our deck of things to discuss is the fact that Bill Roper is no longer the executive producer of Champions Online. How could this be? <laughs> Apparently, he has stepped down... Um, it and uh, Shannon, wow, what a name! Pasniewski, Pasniewski, known as Paz on the forums, she will be assuming the executive producer role for the game. Pardon? It's a guy. Oh, did, what did I say? She, Shannon. Oh, she. Oh, I said she. Oh, no. It's one of those names. It's one of those damn Irish names, isn't it? Yes. Is that an Irish name? Yeah. Well, um, I think he's Polish. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I making su- assumptions. That I, I suppose totally I'm. Uh, I'm. <laughs> well, let's see. So I got the gender wrong, the, the <laughs> origin wrong. I will go ahead and make some other assumptions about Shannon that are <laughs> entirely not true. Uh, has a fetish for furries. Um, occasionally seen at at nightclubs wearing nothing but a, a pacifier in his Polish mouth. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else can we? Likes to swim. Occasionally known for his almond eating contest winning, uh, and his love of Japanese anime. How's that? That's pretty good. I think that's I think, quite the bio. I think that's a pretty good. I think that's that. There is someone who needs to take the helm of Champions <laughs> Online and take it to new heights. That's what I'm saying. Now, Bill Roper isn't leaving Cryptic. He is going to be working on another unnamed game. So he could be working on Star Trek Online, or he could be working on a different MMO that Cryptic's working on. And we know that they're working on other games because they released a whole bunch of concept art within the last couple of years, even before they confirmed they were working on Star Trek Online. Oh, that's true. And there are two major rumors about what he could be working on if it's not Star Trek Online. The first one is a Neverwinter Nights or Forgotten Realms MMO, which is interesting because you'd think it'd be coming from someone else. Right. Like um, Bethesda? Yeah. <laughs> or a an HP... Or Bioware. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bioware. exactly. Wow, I'm like off on every th- single fact there is tonight. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Yeah. It's okay. We all make mistakes. As long as I'm full of rage and hate, it'll be okay. Yes. Yeah. You have to balance it all out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> The other game that people have been rumoring, particularly based on a couple pieces of concept art that featured gigantic skull-faced monstrosities, is an MMO based off of H.P. Lovecraft's Call of Cthulhu. Wow. Both of those are kind of exciting to think about. But a lot of the fanboys who've been bringing up the Neverwinter Nights slash Forgotten Realms rumor have been gnashing their teeth and they're really worried that 
Cryptic may make a really bad game because these people don't believe that Cryptic made good games with Champions or Star Trek Online. Well, that's... I don't know. It's kind of a negative point of view to take, in my opinion. Yeah, it is very negative. That's like really hating on... And I know that Bill Roper worked at Flagship and he worked in Hellgate London, which wasn't well-liked by everyone. No, I would say... I think you could clearly state that not everyone loved that game. Yes, but I think it's great that he's jumping at new opportunities at Cryptic to bring his visionary abilities to make even better great games, even more of them. And if the games have orcs, he can definitely do the voice acting. He has an excellent voice acting skills. He's got the, yeah, very good. So, Well, we wish him the best, and we wish Shannon, the Polish uh, person, all the best as well. Yes. Our next story concerns China in terms of money. How much people are spending on MMOs? This is an article from Massively... Um, who has a very colorful website with lots of pretty pictures. Yes, there are. And one thing that... So so basically they had done an... They had talked last week about a report um, where they're trying to kind of get get a handle on uh, MMO consumer spending between the U.S. and Europe. And at that point they had they had kind of come to the conclusion that Americans easily outspent Europeans with a $3.8 billion number, (laughs) which is pretty humongous for 2009. That's, that's a whole lot of money for MMOs. So that, that includes, you know, your, your monthly fees, but especially microtransactions. Yeah. Well, they followed it up this week and have come to the conclusion that virtual goods in China alone not to mention all of Asia, came to $5 billion in 2009. That's, that's a pretty healthy number. Yeah, that certainly dwarfs the amount of money that was spent by the U.S., which was the number one ranking in that previous news story, which we also mentioned in the last episode. And what what I find interesting is, you know, I'd always had the perception that based on the way they, they handled WoW in China you know they they don't pay the same amount of monthly fee that we do here. That's yeah. right. They just go to internet cafes and they just buy it by the hour, don't they? Yeah. There somehow it it comes down to something what from what I had heard of like two to four dollars a month for them. Where here it's you know fifteen sixteen bucks depending on your commitment level. Mm-hmm. Um. So I had always assumed that they were kind of getting it on the cheap, but what it looks like is that the at least what they're inferring from this article is that the the Chinese tend to fall for all the cool microtransaction schemes and so therefore they're spending a lot of money on, you know, different accessories and things that are available via microtransactions. That really explains why so many Western game companies are trying to get a foothold there and why China doesn't want anybody else coming in yeah, they're to like, take a slice of that pie. Like we have it it's ours. <laughs> What's funny, though, is that there is a bit of a contradiction there in that that's such a significant economy, and yet China also has those boot camps to get people off of games. Yeah. Now, granted, that may be sensationalizing on behalf of American press that, oh, there's boot camps out there and they're abusing people. Right. And maybe it's only for a really small fraction of the gamers out in China that it's even relevant towards. But Yeah, maybe the... the, the 
amount of penetration into the market for for the boot camps is relatively small but extreme yeah <laughs> like when you die from it it gets the it gets the headline <laughs> so. yeah yeah i don't know it's it's interesting it's it's a very sustainable economy i would think yeah i'm not sure what the pros and cons would be for the government in trying to get people out of that or oh, keep yeah. them in it or if there would be a conflict in trying to determine the best way to optimize it. Yeah, pretty weird. I, I really had thought it was the other way around, but the, this, if the survey can be believed, it's pretty, pretty different from my previous worldview. <laughs> what else do we have in the news? Well, we have a few older stories that, granted, happened at the start of March, but we really wanted to talk about them just because they're, they're great little kernels and they're perfect for our show. First up, Activision has to give an annual report. It's called a 10K annual report. It's a part of a legal obligation that they do. And it involves forecasting and predictions about what's going to happen for the business. And an interesting bullet point of this, or, or segment of this report, stated that World of Warcraft is facing increasing pressure and competition from games and social gaming plat- social gaming websites, social networks, stuff on the iPhone, stuff on the iPod, of course the iPad, and that because there's all these easy-to-play games that are often very cheap to buy, they don't require subscriptions, maybe they run on microtransactions, or maybe they're free to play, yeah. the World of Warcraft could become obsolete. To cite a specific quote from the report... Future increased consumer acceptance and increases in the availability of such games or other online games or technological advances in online game software or the internet could result in a decline in platform-based software, in other words, PC-based software, console-based software, and negatively impact sales of our console and handheld products. Newer technological advances in online game software may also render products such as World of Warcraft obsolete. Wow. And that's really true for Activision because while they have amazing financials, a lot of that has been coming from Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Guitar Hero, particularly World of Warcraft and all of its subscription subscribe gamers. And with musical with the music industry and the whole peripheral game genre, peripheral music peripheral game genre on the downswing, Activision really needs to keep its other Ducks in the race, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> I'm curious what they're doing to address that. Maybe they're considering a free-to-play model for World of Warcraft. They certainly... Do they, what other MMOs would they be bringing to the table? Or yeah. I, do you think they just go full-bore into social gaming? I don't know. You know, I, I feel like what they should do is figure out a way to you know get world of warcraft to run on something besides just pcs and macs yeah you know like obviously the iphone is not a good thing i'm not saying that but i'm saying you know maybe some consoles or something you know get it take take that that horse that you've you know you've been riding that horse for a long time and it's a good horse and it's healthy and it's strong and it's winning races you know let it try some new tracks out. Boy, that was that was some creative metaphoring there. <laughs> um I, I just think that they ought to they ought to expand where it can go and they should 
likewise stick with the things that are that are their winners you know i mean the the rhythm the rhythm peripheral based music stuff is definitely on the decline you know it, it was really cool while it lasted but i don't i don't see that as something they should you know put their hang their hat on so to speak yeah. call of duty though i mean that doesn't seem to be slowing down but I, it does require annual iterations yeah they have to continue to evolve it and do you know there's the call of the, the call of duty and all the different things that they've <laughs> they've got going there but yeah i don't know i mean well it's It'd not be interesting to see what blizzard's next mmo is going to be because apparently that's supposed to have some different financial models in it yeah so maybe more microtransaction based it yeah maybe some different platforms would breathe a bit of a of fresh air into the whole genre. And that kind of segs nice into another one of our MMO stories. We have a couple MMO news stories, particularly related to Star Wars The Old Republic. And the BioWare's Ray Musica, I apologize if I mispronounced that, said at a GDC interview that Old Republic, which we still don't know if it's going to be subscription-based or microtransaction-based, the pricing model, the business model for Old Republic may have some twists. To quote him directly, he said it will be more of the traditional business model with maybe some twists as well. Now eagle-eyed readers of the terms and conditions form that you had to go through when you signed up to try to be included in the beta noted in the fine print that there were some mentions about I think points that you would earn in the game that you could use to spend on stuff in the game which sounds a lot like the league of legends model where yeah you can purchase points to buy things or earn them yeah and some things are only available for one type of point or the other right be interesting to see what they do there's another extended quote from mr music as it says or doctor i think he's a doctor yeah doctor yep with Star Wars The Old Republic, we haven't announced anything yet, but what we're striving to do, to clarify what I said earlier, is to make sure the fans and the audience that we're trying to reach feel they are getting something they understand and feel that it is a good value for their money and feel that there is a way they actually want to engage in the experience, both in how they play it and how they pay for it. That's our high-level goal. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, that's... Now, speaking of other goals for MMO, a number has been thrown out there, at least by Electronic Arts, in terms of how many subscribers EA would like to see Star, the Star Wars Old Republic MMO have. To break even, the game needs at least one million subscribers, which I don't think is going to be hard at all to hit. Yeah, I don't either. But the optimistic high end that EA is quoting is only double that. 2 million subscribers which I also thought was interesting it's a much more reserved stance than EA had with Warhammer oh god you know maybe they've maybe maybe that tempered their their take on their their ability to dominate the industry with a bunch of hype and you know uh, an IP (laughs) because they thought that Warhammer was gonna they really did think it would dethrone WoW and become like the MMO. The new standard bearer because it was new and, and shiny. And man, did it fail <laughs> because of that. Had they targeted like 200,000 users 
would have been a, a you know a success but definitely but i think that the amount of work that we all know is going into um star trek or star wars versus what's what went into um warhammer, warhammer it, there's a it's a there's a disparity there i mean you know when when they when you talk, to, when we, when you see the Bioware guys talking about all the stuff they're doing and all the voice acting and all the, you know, all the the the, the uh, dialogue trees and all the, you know, everything that they're putting into that, and they say that it's like, it's like you know five times bigger than this or that, and you know, you know, like previous titles. I mean, it it's a huge undertaking, so I can understand why it needs a million subscribers for X length of time to make it break even, because it's just expensive to build something that huge. Yeah. No, no one. I don't even think WoW or well, certainly not EverQuest, but WoW didn't have that amount of just upfront, you know, uh, content right that they're putting into it. Yeah. So. Granted, WoW has grown into, and so has EverQuest grown into, you know, a huge mammoth, amounts of content. A sprawling world. Yeah, a world within a world there, but... Yes. But just to try to, just for your entry point to be that gigantic, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. I could totally see it. And I could see that 2 million would be easily sustainable, because Lord of the Rings Online hit 2 million at one point, right? So... Yeah, that's a really great analogy there. Right. So I think they can do it. I hope they do it. I hope it's a huge success. I, I hope it's, I hope it's bigger than World of Warcraft. I I, I hope it's <laughs> I hope it's like it becomes the biggest MMO for a while. I think it's good for the industry. I don't, I don't yeah. think having World of Warcraft be the 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 king, the beginning and the end of MMO, is good for the industry. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I hope they succeed, even though they're not even shooting for it. They're shooting for they're shooting for. Modest success, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, they're shooting for twenty percent of what World of Warcraft is. Yeah, and that's that's great. That's that's a good idea. That's way better than where where they were. You know, <laughs> smart two two years ago, right? Yeah, and if it doesn't work out for them, they could do something else. That's we have a couple more older stories for the MMO section, but very relevant to what we're just talking about. Dungeons and Dragons Online, or as you may recall, it was relaunched as Dungeons and Dragons Online Unlimited or Eberron Unlimited. Eberron, yeah. And it, it relaunched as a free-to-play game with microtransactions. The game's already four years old and this relaunch occurred last year in September 2009. Turbine President Jim Crawley said, The response from players to DDO Unlimited has been nothing short of phenomenal. And to explain statistically what he means, the game has attracted 1 million players and its revenues have jumped by 500%. <laughs> wow. And on top of that, something that you wouldn't expect in a free-to-play game is regular subscribers, people that are actually paying for it, they're not playing it free-to-play, they've doubled since the September 2009 launch. So whatever subscribers they had going into year four have now doubled after relaunching it as a free-to-play game. That's really awesome. It's really cool. And one of my friends from Nintendojo made an interesting quote about it on his Facebook saying, it's really interesting how a change they're making to a game makes me feel like I don't have to play it that much, as much as I needed to before. And then you probably end up playing it more. Yeah. 
as a it's result. It's so weird. Because you're not required to. Because it's, it's like you're not having to do what your mom tells you to do when you're a little kid. Yeah. Right? You're like, I don't have to clean my room? Eh, maybe I'll clean it. It's kind of messy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I it always bothered me that, that Dungeons & Dragons Online just languished in, you know, like relative obscurity, you yeah. know, was maybe the test bed for Lord of the Rings online or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fact that they've managed to do that, to turn it around like that and to do it with a very, uh, in my opinion, the least compelling of their worlds, you know, there's like Greyhawk. Awesome. Forgotten realms. Awesome. Dragonlance. Awesome. Eberron. Not quite so awesome. <laughs> it's like, you know, they managed to make it happen with that. So, yeah. You know, hats off to them for for kind of you know, reading the reading the uh, I don't know I don't even know the right metaphor. tea leaves writing on the wall yeah writing on the walls yeah <laughs> delving I don't know <laughs> whatever they did <laughs> that's awesome Tarot cards. I, I mean everybody in the industry ought to be watching that and going wow you know maybe maybe if we're not greedy we'll actually make more money and it's it's kind of cool for traditional gamers because this isn't. This is a traditional video game. It's not a game that was constructed with the intentions of being microtransactions. Right. Free to play. It's not some it's not an MMO that's been shipped over from overseas that was never designed or targeted towards any uh, western demographics. This is a game that and it's not a game that's for children either. It's not right. Penguin Club or Club Penguin or Maple Story. How about Hotel? Yeah, this is a, a true MMO made for Western gamers that's free to play, has credibility, and it's succeeding in that fashion. And I wonder if maybe that's where Cryptic should go Yeah, with its MMOs. Yeah, especially ones that are having trouble. And can you imagine if you were a player of DDO Online and you were, you know, despite the shrinking player base and the fact that it was kind of... It wasn't dying on the vine, but, you know, it wasn't flourishing. Blossoming, right? yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have an infusion like this. They must be totally psyched. I oh, mean, they yeah. must just love this because there's more people to group with. There's more stuff going on. And with the, the kind of financials they're going to have, there's going to be a whole lot more content coming. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's the perfect scenario. Yeah, exactly. So hats off to them. Now, speaking of Cryptic that we just mentioned, our last favorite story for MMO also... A little bit stale, but still worth talking about here on Channel Massive, is Richard Garriott going on record claiming that his hit-slash-miss ratio is 50-50. He told GamesIndustry.biz, Just for the record, with Tabula Raza and other games, I have about a 50-50 hit-miss ratio with the publication of all my games. And by the way, I think 50-50 is mighty good. So although Tabula Raza didn't find a sufficiently big audience for NCSoft to wish to continue it, I'm actually still very pleased with a lot of the innovations we brought to bear on the game. And I think there's a lot of ways in which it succeeded to at least... A lot of ways in which it succeeded to at least the design vision we were attempting. In hindsight, even I would be critical of a wide swath of things in Tabula Raza, but that's no different to any other games I've done. Well, if you're a baseball player, 50-50 is really good. You know, batting 500, that's all right, you know. Uh, yeah, but NCSoft, I don't think, agreed when 
his unexpected departure occurred and the game was shut down yeah at, within six months it seems like yeah that whole thing was really weird and, and now he's off making the definitive sexy poker sweet ass poker sweet ass poker yeah well hopefully it'll it'll you know improve provide, his ratio pro, yeah well yeah it's got to be a success i mean well it doesn't have to be but it's likely to be a success statistically speaking yes so statistically speaking he's due yeah and and maybe it'll provide him with more money to continue his you know um non-government sponsored space adventures so maybe he'll maybe he'll do something exciting in space and send us pictures and all that good stuff so pretty cool yeah good good for you garriott i think that concludes our mmo segment we've got general gaming news coming up next It looks like it looks like Bethesda has announced a new online co-op dungeon crawler, which is awesome because I, while I think that Left 4 Dead and a lot of the other cool like co-op multiplayer games are are cool, nothing is more appealing to me sometimes than the good old dungeon crawler. So I'm pretty psyched to see a online co-op dungeon crawler, and it looks the concept art or whatever these screen caps are that come from um, Ars Technica look pretty cool. Um, let's see. So they revealed it at... Uh, no, 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 no. Let's see. Yeah, they revealed it at GDC, it looks like. Uh, it's coming to the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, and the PC. And it will be done when it's done, which is great. It's going to be called Hunted the Demon's Forge. It's weird, though. It's only a two-player co-op. Yeah, if only it was four. That would be so cool if it was four. Four is just the magic number. the magic number, for sure. I agree. All my fond memories of Gauntlet. Yeah. The best times were with four people. Absolutely. Or, you know, Marvel. um, Oh, yeah. You know, that was... Even more recent RPGs. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it's cool. You can play... um, You're able to play each other online. There's no split screen. They wanted to keep a certain level of graphical performance, and that's how they made that decision. Um, it's a third-person perspective, and uh, they're really trying to build on the co-op co-op thing. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty psyched for it. I I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, looks like if you're into Dungeons and Dragons types type dungeon crawlers, this could be a cool thing to have. I'm trying to see what the release. The estimated release date is here, but not finding it in the article. Well, yeah, they just said it'll be done when it's done, so that could be yeah this year or wish, next year. I so wish they had a rough estimate. Damn them! Now we'll be waiting with bated breath. But um, in other news, and you could probably speak to this better than I. It looks like the Xbox 360 is getting USB storage support this year. Yeah, this is a, a rumor so far that comes hand-in-hand hand with another rumor that the Xbox 360 may be getting a slim 
redesign and re-release later this year. First up, oh, one more tangent, I'm sorry, one aside that I wanted to mention while we were talking about Hunted. If you do have a hankering for cooperative dungeon hack and slash Demon Stone on the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox, I think, was a D&D based hack and slash third person and it allowed, I think, up to three people. Oh, cool. Really, really fun. It looks very similar, actually. It was very similar in structure to Hunted. So worth checking out if you can track that down somewhere. Huh. Anyways, back to 360, the latest hardware rumors. First of all, there's been a leak, thanks to overseas press, Chinese message board A9VG posted a picture of a new 360 motherboard that's smaller. It has different locations for where the screw holes will go and uh, a chip upgrade, I think. Yeah, they combine the CPU and the GPU, right? Yeah, yeah, into one piece of hardware. <laughs> that's crazy. And there's, it's highly unlikely, given the form factor of this motherboard, that it would be installed in the standard existing 360 models. So we may be due for a slim redesign of the 360. And let's face it, the console is four years old. Yeah. Or it's nearing four years old. They should be able to pull it off. And with Natal coming out, this would be a perfect time to say, to get people thinking, hey, yeah, this is a 360, and it may be four years old, but it's still fresh. There's still all these new things you can do on it, like between Netflix and then you have Natal coming out. Oh, yeah. It's just a, it's a good time, and especially if it comes with a price drop like the Slim did, perhaps the 360 can replicate the big sales boost in some fashion, probably not mirror it, the the same way that the PS3 Slim did for Sony. Yeah. Now, on top of that, you may also remember a bunch of lawsuits between Daytel and Microsoft because Microsoft blocked out third-party external memory units for being used on the 360. Well, now it looks like there's some kind of leaked documents that found their way over to Joystick, citing that USB memory unit support will be added back into the 360, and it's being... It's being speculated that this expansion's coming and it's going to allow third parties because up to a 16 gigabyte USB memory peripheral can be inserted, which is much larger than the 512 megabyte capacity of the first per, first party memory unit that the 360 had. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Wow. And this would be allow this would allow gamers to save profiles, saved games, avatars and stuff onto a memory unit and then take it elsewhere. And it would be a USB memory device, so that'd be universal. Maybe those third parties would be able to get back in on the game. I love the idea. I wish I wish it wasn't so, you know, like, well, we're not going to let those guys do it, but now we'll do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I hate that lawsuits were involved, but, you know. And there are still some grumblings from gamers because Microsoft's 360 is notorious for having way overpriced hard drives. Oh, yeah, I know. And since you're not allowed to get anything larger than a 16-gigabyte USB memory unit here, and that's to prevent people from ripping games. 
right. onto the memory unit. Absolutely. Then Mark's screensaver kicked in, and it was kind of funny what's on there. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I had to take a moment to pause it to was, laugh at that. It was, it was um, Sean Connery in his red cloth harness from Zardoz or something like that. Yeah, was that some Jane Fonda fantasy movie? I don't know. No, that was Barbarella. Barbar- but it, it was utterly Barbarella? hilarious. Oh. <laughs> I I titled it Sean Connery Ridiculous Picture or something like that. <laughs> I forgot I still had that. That's great. I don't even know where that is, but that yeah, listeners, funny. it's funny because it's mixed in with all your family photos. Well, yeah, it's really sure family photos of Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mark's screensaver. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what hardware developments end up coming out because, of course, Microsoft on both these stories, the Slim 360 and USB, new USB memory unit support, it's both. Microsoft does not comment on rumors and speculation. Oh, no, of course not. But if these do come to pass, it's probably going to be at near the end of the year, is my guess, when the big media blitz for Natal happens. Oh, yeah. Our last story, one more story in general gaming news that I think is really exciting. Speaking of 360 and PC gamers. Absolutely. The creators of Left 4 Dead, Turtle Rock Studios, they were bought by Valve and rebranded as, I think, Valve South. And then Valve South was closed, and the people that were at Valve South were asked to move up north to more formal Valve headquarters. And the company that was known as Turtle Rock Studios, at least as far as its original headquarters, ceased to exist. But then, strangely, what's weird is that it's being reformed back where it was. It's like reforging the sword that could not be broken. Which is really strange, because a lot of people that were at that studio are now Valve employees. Oh, wow. In a different location. And apparently, Valve and Turtle Rock Studios, the, some of the stories I've read, they're still on very good terms. And the new, huh. the guy who's refounding the studio is still a good friend of Valve. So I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, that's that's pretty odd. And I don't know. They have who a new the, website and everything. Yeah, there. I don't know who the original team is going to be showing up at the this new Turtle Rock yeah. rebirth. But I'm excited to find out what they make. Yeah, that's pretty... This garage buddy thing is crazy. It's like got a tire size... I'm like looking at Turtle Rock Studios now and they have this garage buddy app for your iPhone. What does it do? It seems to tell you... Have calculators for belt size, carb flow, gear ratio, and tire size. (laughs) I... Weird. I wonder. I I don't know. Well, that's a very practical app for them to. It's make. very practical, and I like the demon, the succubus with the wrench quite a bit. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> so congratulations to Turtle Rock, getting some Phoenix style rebirth action on. We're looking forward to seeing what you make next. Definitely. That's the end of our general gaming news, and we just have a couple weird stories to share with you before we send you off. And then for our listener, Mike, after that, we'll begin the negativity. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, age of Aquarius.
have any anything that's causing people to die in other countries like we usually do. Well, no, no, we don't. No, it's very, it's very <laughs> positive, but interesting. Um, our first article comes from IT News for Australian Business. And it talks about uh, how employers are looking to motivate the gaming generation of staff. And I guess by that they mean the Gen Yers and younger, I guess. I don't know. Not us. Not not us old fogies who <laughs> we're pre-baby. We're the parents of the baby boomers. No, okay, we're not that old. <laughs> anyway, um, so... They're trying to figure out how to how to get the gaming generation involved and, and productive in the workforce and how to maybe tweak the, the way the workforce works to um, motivate them and to keep them interested and engaged. And, and uh, to that point, Lee Sheldon of the Indiana University has kind of worked on a curriculum for this, and he's he's done some crazy stuff, like replaced the typical grading system with an XP system by which people in the class kind of level up and progress and and depending on how how what their achievements are in the class that's what their grade is instead of a grade that's going to be like their level and then i guess somehow he figures out how to give them a credit at the end of the the semester mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh he says that people have responded incredibly well with this strange um experience based system and uh and was was actually pretty happy with it um he talks about how um there will always be a portion of the class that is motivated to learn no matter what an instructor may try or will not be motivated to learn no matter what an instructor may try those that are not as involved uh one or two out of the class of 40 are pretty much drifting through life anyway so what he's trying to do is to cu- kind of come up with a way to catch those guys that are drifting along or, or in, actual, in all actuality are probably going home and playing World of Warcraft way yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, anyway, he just kind of has, has taken this and, and come up with some lessons for the real world. And it sounds like some people are actually buying it, such as um, distributor Express Data, which was named one of the best employers um in 2009 that's pretty wild they they apparently think it makes a lot of sense they want to make sure that they are keeping their employees engaged and they're willing to take a lot of the the things that good game especially MMORPGs are based on and use that to, to bring it into the corporate culture to engage people the question that most of the people that wrote comments about this article had was Man, I want to see what a boss fight looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you you work on you work on conquering all the the, the lesser people in your department, and you <laughs> you go on quests to find the copier, and you you level up, and you you gain items like the pen that cannot be broken, and the the stapler of ultimate firepower. But then you have the confrontation with the boss, and all you want is more gold <laughs> or a raise. 
And then you have to you have to you have to figure out you have to survive the encounter and figure out what special things are happening. Huh. The boss might may feign dead or you may appear to have slain him, but then he'll pop back up more powerful than ever. <laughs> and, uh, could be you, know, you might have to raid the boss, get more you know four or more employees yeah. to join you. <laughs> and that's when you go and all demand more money. I don't know. Could be interesting, but. In any case, it's an interesting article over at IT News in Australia. And then our final story for tonight. Um, if you go to the site goodgearguide.com, also an Australian site. Boy, I was like finding Australian articles today, I guess. Yeah. Um, they've come up with a coffin case for the Xbox 360, <laughs> which is kind of ironic given the failure rate of the Xbox 360. It's really cool looking. It's this. It's this cool, um, very extremely well padded coffin shaped case that holds a 360, and it looks like one controller. Yeah. I can't tell if it from the picture. You can't really tell if it has, um, you know, side pockets for some games or not, or where the other peripherals go. But uh, if you get a chance, go to goodgearguide.com. Dot au and we'll we'll put um, links up in the show notes for this. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it's just really sweet, and the the lid of the coffin that goes over the compartments that hold the controller and the <laughs> console has the power icon from the front of the Xbox 360 lit up in red with the red ring of death. Yes, which is just it's so funny. beautiful. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's actually called the RROD coffin accessory for really Red well Ring of done. Death. So. so definitely check it out. And that is the end of our show, episode 126. We hope you really liked it. We really enjoyed creating it for you. Yes. We, we drank a lot of Kool-Aid. We hope you're keeping tabs of all the games that we like. Yeah. And all the great things that are going on in the world of gaming. And in the world in general. Yes. And we hope to see you playing with us, frolicking in League of Legends. Frolicking. Or sending us your comments and your emails about your own happy adventures out there. Which you can send to twitter.com slash channelmassive or email us directly at mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. <laughs> Right on. Well, as we prepare to conclude, we should now warn Mike that the negativity will begin. Red roses too.